It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. Uh, You all sent in some really great questions for a post-lottery mailbag today. We're going to cover a bunch of things like if the Warriors could trade for Bradley Beal, options that they have with the number two pick, and the possibility of trading down. But first, I wanted to address the James Wiseman stuff. I'm starting to get this reputation as being this anti-James Wiseman guy, and I'm not. Look, every mock draft seems to have the Warriors taking him at number two, uh, but my intel from people I talk to is that the Warriors aren't high on Wiseman. That's all this is. I reported last week that the Warriors are much higher in this class's guards and wings than they are on this class's centers, and and I still think that they're going to go in that direction. Even if Anthony Edwards is off the board, even if the, the Timberwolves take Edwards with the first pick, I still believe the Warriors are going to go wing over center. That includes James Wiseman, even if Wiseman is available. This is nothing against Wiseman. I'm not anti-James Wiseman. I actually think, like, I, I give props to the kid for just saying, you know what, screw it. I'm leaving I'm leaving the NCAA. He stood up against the hypocrisy of, the, of NCAA basketball, left the program. I have no problem with that. I'm not like this anti, oh, he doesn't have, like, the competitive drive. He's, he's not for his team. I'm not, I'm not that guy, okay? I'm not old school like that. I'm not anti-Wiseman in any way. I like his upside. All right? I, I think that if he's in the right situation, that he could be a good player. I just don't think that his upside is Chris Bosh or Kevin Garnett. I mean, I don't know where these comparisons come from. All right? You, it's not enough to just shoot threes on a few YouTube clips, all right? His percentages have never been good. He has no established mid-range game, no established three-point game. And that's all I'm saying is that he's not Kevin Garnett and Chris Bosh. If that makes me anti-James Wiseman, for him, if I'm just by saying he's not a hall, the next Hall of Fame transformative center, if that makes me anti-James Wiseman, then I guess I am anti-James Wiseman. I just... Look, I just don't think he's that. I'm not as high on his upside as so many people in my Twitter mentions seem to be. And I don't know why every mock draft has Wiseman going there. I get it. Like, if you're just a national guy and you're putting one of these mocks together and you're just looking at team needs and the Warriors have their point guard, they have their shooting guard, they have their small forward, they have their power forward, then, okay, obviously it's easy enough to put Wiseman in there. I'm just telling you that's not what's going to happen. You can mock draft it all day long. You can want James Wiseman all day long. Maybe you think he is the next Kevin Garnett or next Chris Bosh. Good luck with that. All right, I also got some crap the other day for saying that he's the next Rudy Gobert. I'm not saying that. That's just another comparison that I've seen out there. He's not the next Gobert. He's not the next Chris Bosh. He's not the next Kevin Garnett. That doesn't mean he can't be good. He could be, to me. I think he might be the next Mitchell Robinson. That's a good player. All right? I just don't want, to, I don't want Mitchell Robinson with the second pick overall. Me, personally, I think he's closer to Hassan Whiteside. 
Now, maybe he's Hassan Whiteside who doesn't have an attitude problem. I have no indication that he has an attitude problem. That's what sunk Whiteside in his draft. That's what sunk him in Miami. So if he's a Whiteside talent with a better attitude, that's not a bad player, okay? But he's a limited player. He's not a three-point shooter. Whiteside tried shooting threes for a couple of years in Miami. Eric Spolster told him to cut it out because it wasn't going in. It's not enough to take the three-pointer, okay? you got to make it. All right, do we really think James Wiseman is going to make one out of every three three-pointers? I don't think so. He hasn't shown that touch. And all of you draft experts out there telling me, like, oh, Wiseman doesn't have the percentages, but he's showing good touch. Wait until you, like, I need the production there. If I'm going to bet on a seven foot one guy making threes, I need to see more than uh, Joe Schmo on Twitter saying, oh, he's got good touch. I need to see production if I'm willing to bet my future on that player. And by the way, the Warriors are betting their future on this player. They view this pick as the means to get the next face of the franchise. So you're asking for an awful lot to go right with Wiseman to be that sort of guy. And not to be, okay, one thing to be a good starting caliber center, another thing to be the next franchise, the next face of the franchise. All right, you can't be a limited center in today's game. We're seeing centers right now get played off the court. It's not centers who win playoff games now. It's wing players that win playoff games now. We saw the 76ers with Joel Embiid struggle with all of the wings that Boston had. We're seeing Nikola Jokic, one of the most transcendent talents we've ever had at that position, maybe getting played off the floor against a Utah team that runs pick and roll to death against him. And on the same series, we're seeing Rudy Gobert give up 50 points to Jamal Murray because all Jamal Murray has to do is run a little bit of a pick and roll and get the switch on Gobert, and Gobert's not agile enough to get out on Jamal Murray, and he's just making layups from the three-point line now. It's hard to build a team around a center. And unless James Wiseman is Kevin Garnett and Chris Bosh, which, again, I don't think he is, then you're going to have a hard time building around him. This is not anti-James Wiseman. This is just a realistic take at where the NBA is right now and why I think the Warriors will end up going with a wing over a center regardless of whether or not they like Wiseman or not, which I don't think they do. He doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't have great feel for the game. These are all things that you need to play center within Golden State's system. Not anti-Wiseman. Just being realistic. Coming up, what can the Warriors get for a package of Andrew Wiggins and the number two pick? But first, start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Also, let's talk about CBDMD. Maybe you've not heard about this, but you should have. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or a stay-at-home parent or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that helps you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints and a convenient and easy-to-use roller and shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover, the second one, combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. Guys, inflammation-fighting things are important. This is why I've been using CBD oils for about a month now. I've just sort of discovered it with all these uh, with the, with this ad read, and um, I've had back issues uh, since high school. And this stuff really helps. I, I feel like I almost have chronic pain in my back. It's just like an, an all-the-time soreness. But I rub a little bit of this on there, 
and or if you're having shoulder pain or neck problems because you're you're bent down looking at your computer screen all the time this stuff really works and it's better than just popping pills all the time uh, to make it easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's get to our mailbag now. Uh, but coming up later this week, check out my interview with Bob Fitzgerald, Warriors play-by-play announcer. He uh, is broadcasting for TNT from the bubble. Uh, I asked him all about that. That is coming up tomorrow here on Locked on Warriors. But let's get into our mailbag. This first question comes from Alan Frank, who writes in, I read a report speculating that the Warriors could package the number two pick with Andrew Wiggins and the 2021 Wolves pick for Bradley Beal. Any realistic hope there? Beal would be an excellent fit, in my opinion. Well, Beal would be an excellent fit. Uh, you can play him at the two or the three. Clay Thompson, same thing. It wasn't really a report. It was more of a uh, just a... I know the article that Alan is talking about here. It was something published on Bleacher Report um, that was one of those lists that sort of just throws trade ideas out there. I read it because those things are clickbait drivers. I enjoy them. They're always pretty well thought out uh, when they when the Ble- when Bleacher Report does them at least. But um, look, I, I think that there's a possibility there. the The interesting thing about Wiggins is he's never going to be worth that contract at 27 million a year. But you can move that contract in conjunction with some of these picks that they have. I just from what I understand, and I don't have any inside knowledge on the Wizards thinking, but they're not ready to move off of Bradley Beal. What I, from what I understand, they want to try this thing with Bradley Beal and John Wall because John Wall is going to be healthy, they, and they want to run this thing back. They've got Thomas Bryant there at center. They've got Rui Hachimura, who they like. They've got some pieces that they like. I think they want to see it come together uh, on the court before they make any drastic moves like trading Beal. He's only 26 years old. I don't know what this whole idea of the Wizards have to trade him is. I, I don't. Why would you trade one of the best, I don't know, 13, 14 players in the league when he's 26 years old and he's under contract. I don't know why you would do that before you have to. Now, maybe you get to the trade deadline in February, of ne- or you know, whenever the trade deadline is going to be, but when you get to the trade deadline next year and you see a little bit of Beal and Wall playing together and if Wall's just not the guy he was, maybe you decide at that point to blow it up and get what you can from a Bradley Beal trade. But draft night, I just don't see it happening unless Bradley Beal is just ready to uh, you know, cause a ruckus there in Washington, D.C. and, and get, get the hell out of there which, again, by all indications and in his past behavior, does not seem like the thing he is going to do. Um, so largely dependent on whether or not the Wizards even want to move Bradley Beal. Now let's say they do. I think that's a good start. Wiggins and two first-round picks, specifically the number two pick this year and the top three protected pick from the Wolves next year. You may even have to throw in Golden State's own first-round pick next year. If Bradley Beal is on the market, there is going to be a huge uh, need for him. There are going to people. There are going to be teams offering a bunch of stuff for Beal. I think the the Denver Nuggets, especially if they bow out in the first round of this 
uh, series and they get upset by Utah, they could be a landing spot for Bradley Beal. I think they would have to shake things up. You could look at a team like Milwaukee trying to keep Giannis. They could go after Bradley Beal. All reports indicate that the Miami Heat are interested in Bradley Beal. Like, there are going to be a lot of teams that want Beal, so it could take a lot for the Warriors to get him. But you've got two you know, lottery-level first-round picks, the first one being the number two pick this year, which not a great draft, but it's still a valuable resource. Um, plus the Wiggins contract, which is, I don't know, something. You just hope that the Wizards don't look at that as a negative uh, asset. And then maybe, you know, a first-round pick or a future first-round pick. They've got a lot of things that they can offer. The, the Warriors are surprisingly in a really uh, good spot as far as uh, flexibility with this roster. Uh, next question, Witta Glizzy writes in, Would Denny Avia or Isaac Okoro be the better fit for this Warriors team? Picking second and feels like either of those wings would be the pick if they kept it. If Okoro's jumper hits, that could be an easy franchise player to build around. Um, I'm going with Avia here, and that's not only based on my personal thoughts and analysis, but what I'm hearing from the Warriors. I think the Warriors like Isaac Okoro. I think they, they like Denny Avia a bit more, especially if we're looking at somebody with the second pick overall. Avia just has more upside to me than Okoro does. Okoro is probably the best one-on-one defender in the draft. He fights over screens really well. He's a really physical player. He's going to get out on the perimeter. He's probably going to, he's going to be able to guard four positions probably right away. And that's going to make Golden State's defense instantly better, which is a huge point that they need. But I don't believe in him as a ball handler. I don't believe in his jumper ever coming around. People like to compare him to Justice Winslow or Jared Wallace. If you really are high on him, you know, I've heard comparisons to Andre Iguodala. I've heard comparisons to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I'm not that high on Okoro. I think that he's just as much as he could be Andre Iguodala. He could be Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and that's sort of or Stanley Johnson. And that's sort of the problem with these guys. Now, if you can get OG Anunoby out of him, that's a nice little in between. He seems like a really good player right now for Toronto. I just don't know again that you want that at number two. Whereas Denny Avia has a little bit more of a higher ceiling that I'm in on. I, I trust his passing skills a lot more, his ball handling skills. He's really good at finishing at the rim, really physical finisher. Um, so I think he's going to be able to do that right away, especially in space in Golden State, playing next to Steph and Clay. Um, you can you can post him up and he can pass. He's you know like I said, good playmaker, good passer, and great basketball feel, which I I think has a major. Uh, part of upside that we don't talk about enough. We always look at upside as athleticism and physical frame and all this stuff, but we don't put, I think, in analysis enough attention on does this guy just know how to play the game? Does he have an innate feel for the game? To me, Denny Avia does. Isaac Okoro does on the defensive end. I'm not all the way in on him on the offensive end. I've got major question marks there of whether or not he can be a difference maker at all. I know Andre Iguodala didn't have much of a jumper, but he was a great playmaker and ball handler. And Isaac Okoro just hasn't shown that ability yet. Not to say he can't do it, but I just I believe in Denny's ability to do that more than Okoro. So I would lean Denny there, and I do believe the Warriors are leaning Denny there at number two. If Anthony Edwards is off the board, Denny is very much going to be in play with the number two pick uh, for the Warriors. 903 Coleman writes in, any tradeback potential now that we know the lottery order? Oh, absolutely. Look, the Warriors are prepared to pick at number two, okay, whether or not Anthony Edwards is on the board or not, but they are going to monitor potential trade packages. We've heard this from Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN on draft or on the lottery night. We've heard this other from other reports, and I've been hearing this too. Bob Myers has said this on conference calls, and people within the Warriors have told me privately, they are ready to trade this pick if the right pick, or they are ready to trade this pick if the right package is available, and that's obviously going to include a pick this year because they don't want to go this lottery without a pick 
uh, but it could also include a difference maker or a future pick or something like that. They, they would be willing to trade back. Uh, at number two, they have a lot more options available to them. If you're at four or five and you want a guy, you're a little bit more um, sub, you're, you're obviously more subject to the teams that pick in front of you. But at number two, you pretty much control what you want other than what Minnesota obviously is going to do with the first pick. So I think they could move back, potentially get a guy like Devin Vassell, a Tyrese Halliburton, even Denny Avia or Isaac Okoro, like guys like that who could be available at four or five. I think that they'd be willing to trade back, but only if it's the right package. And I look at teams that are back there. The Knicks might want to move up from number eight. The Cavaliers might want to move up uh, from number five, I believe, to get to number two. There's going to be a lot of teams that want, if LaMelo Ball or James Wiseman is there, that could want to move up. Even if Anthony Edwards is there, they could want to move up. Um, ultimately, I think if the Warriors have this, if Anthony Edwards is on the board at number two, the Warriors will just take him. Uh, otherwise, I think they'll they'll scour the trade market for options, but they may not move the pick. I think they'd be also prepared to just take a player there. It's all it's all an option. Coming up next is Lamelo Ball an option for the Warriors with the second pick. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. If you're like me, when you go hungry. You can make a bad decision, but the best way to avoid blowing your diet is to be prepared, and that's why I always have a box of Built Bars in the kitchen. Not only is this the best-tasting protein bar I've ever had, and I've tried a lot of them, it's the most healthy, and it fills me up while I'm busy or I'm on the go. With 18 amazing flavors, including new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar, but they're low-calorie and low-sugar, while also being high in protein and fiber, making them perfect for keto and other low-carb diets. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order, plus a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So get those orders in quickly. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Microsoft Surface and Teams. At CDW, we get the future of remote meetings works differently. Oh, going right from launch directly into a meeting, that could be awkward. But with Microsoft Surface devices with Teams orchestrated by CDW, the future works better. Touchscreen and voice capabilities keep Teams engaged and productive, enabling you to always collaborate with confidence. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining. Psst, you have a spinach in your teeth. Thanks for the tip, man. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com surface. If you haven't subscribed already to Locked On Warriors, now is the perfect time to go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your iPhone or your smartphone. P writes in, do you think the Warriors could consider LaMelo Ball? If they do take him, what do you, what would be your pros and cons? If they don't take him, who could you see them taking or do they trade the pick back? Um, let's just focus on the LaMelo Ball stuff because I've already answered some of the trading pick stuff. Uh I think the Warriors could consider LaMelo Ball at number two. I don't suspect that they will. There's too many question marks about what he could do defensively. He's not an efficient scorer. I know all of you guys saw the Sports Center, you know, uh, puff piece thing on LaMelo Ball being the biggest mystery in the draft or whatever and sort of just hyping him up and, and all these things. But the, the, matter is, the, the fact of the matter is he's not an efficient scorer and never has been. He's not a very good finisher. He's not a very good shooter. He doesn't have a mid-range game. Uh, he is flashy. He makes great passes. He's a genius-level playmaker in that way. He sees the floor amazingly well. But there are other point guards in this draft, such as Tyrese Halliburton, who also do those things but can score and have productive, uh, have a productive history. Maybe they don't have the upside that LaMelo Ball has. But I think that there's a significant floor with him. 
especially if you're on a team like the Warriors who may not give him the runway to sort of explore his entire game. If you get drafted to a bad team as LaMelo Ball, and you can just you can have a couple of years to just kind of get your get your feet wet and figure out the NBA game, then maybe I think you can hit that upside. But in Golden State, I'm not sure it's going to happen. I think he needs the ball in his hands to figure out how to become a more efficient player. Um, that said, the pros of taking LaMelo Ball is that you would add another playmaker to this roster, which is something I think the Warriors need and we don't talk enough about. There's obvious things that the Warriors need, and that mostly to me is defense, and you probably need to add a center to this team. I think they're going to do that via free agency or trade or whatever, but you need size and you need defense on this team, but you also need playmaking because Kevin Durant is gone. Andre Iguodala is gone. John Livingston is gone. They haven't really replaced those guys. You could argue they replaced them with Andrew Wiggins, who I think shows an ability to be a secondary playmaker, but I don't think you can only rely on him as your sole secondary playmaker. Jordan Poole showed flashes. Eric Paschal showed flashes. Again, I don't think you can trust those guys or rely on those guys. They need to add some real ball handling to this group. Because if it's Steph Curry and Draymond Green, that's not enough. And and so if you draft LaMelo, you know you're getting a high-level playmaker right away. I just think that there's other ways the Warriors can do that. Specifically, you can go ahead and draft any of you and you can get that playmaker. He's not as good as LaMelo, but he has other things that you like. Uh, Y-N-R-E-E-E, Yenry? I don't know. He writes in, Who is a better center for the Warriors, Kelly Olenek or Miles Turner, and how can we get that person? The better center is Miles Turner. He's a 3 and B guy, as it's been described to me once before, a three-point shooter and block guy. He'd be a great fit for Golden State. Unfortunately, he's making $18 million a year. Um, that's a little bit above what the Warriors can do at the TPE and of $17.2 million. You could do sort of that bridge buy and stack contracts to get to Miles Turner, but I just don't know that the Indiana Pacers are going to want to take a step back by trading Miles Turner for the number two pick. That number two pick might be a good player for Indiana, and I would argue that they probably should do that. I just don't know that they want to do that. They want to stay in the playoffs. They might get swept by Miami here um, in the first round. It certainly looks like they're going to lose already down 3 nothing, And so I don't think they're going to take a step back. They're going to try to take a step forward. And to do that, they might trade Miles Turner for a player who fits better, who can contribute immediately, as opposed to a number two pick who might not contribute for a few years. So with that said, I think Kelly Olynyk, who Charles T. Hamilton and I um, explored this in one of our TPE episodes a couple weeks ago, he makes a lot of sense for Golden State. He makes a little bit too much money at $12 million that you would be comfortable paying. But he does fit within the trade exception, and so I, I think he would be an option. Maybe not plan A, B, C, or D, but he could be an option with the trade exception. He's, a, again, a good three-point shooter, very productive, good passer, a little bit better on defense than you give him credit for, but can also have lapses, not as strong as you would like at that spot. Um, so more realistic is Olenek. Better fit is Miles Turner, but I just don't see it happening for the Warriors as far as Turner is concerned. Jackson writes in, who do the Warriors take at number two if Anthony Edwards is off the board? We kind of already talked about that. I think it would be Denny Avia, uh, but they could also trade back and end up with a guy like Tyrese Halliburton or Devin Vassell or Isaac Okoro. Henry back again, writes in, there's been talks that the first and second round picks might be for sale in this year's draft. Do you believe the Warriors will buy any draft picks? Beginning a lot of questions about the Warriors potentially buying picks. I just don't see it, guys. Uh, they already have three picks in this year's draft. I think they're more likely to sell their own second-round picks or do something with them that they won't add payroll um, to this next season as opposed to buying more second-round picks or even a first-round pick. 
Uh, this payroll is going to be the highest in the league next year, and that's even that's without considering the $17.2 million trade exception, the mid-level exception, any minimum contracts they add, plus the draft pick that's going to be worth about $9 million this coming season. So I just don't th- see the Warriors adding more payroll for uh, a player at the end of the first round or early second round. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things about the show. Thanks to CBD. MD and Built Bar for sponsoring today's show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening and stay safe. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.